Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Flutterpod. My name is Mitch. I'm joined with David. David, how are you going this week? It's going pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing not too bad as well. I feel like a week went really quickly, and we have to do, do think of more topics to talk about, which we have plenty today. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll just give a quick roadmap of the potential topics we will try to cover. One hour seems to go by really quick, but... Um, today we probably want to talk about at the very beginning, I've been getting a lot of questions about the Flutter roadmap for beginners to advanced. So people that want to get into Flutter, uh, as it, whether they're a beginner or if they have some programming experience, just, you know, how do you, how do you progress in that? So me and David will give some input on that side. And we also want to touch on the Flutter four. So we're on Flutter three right now and uh, some of the wish lists that people have from each of us and also the community. There was actually a big Reddit post that uh, that we saw. So we'll talk about some of the some of the updates on on Flutter four that we want. And there's also a lot of other interesting topics as well. we'll we want to talk about our individual apps as well and kind of some of the backend stuff that we used like Hive, etc. And if we have time, we want to get to this interesting topic, which is the GitHub Copilot, which I'm sure many of you have heard of before. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see we'll see how we go with this. But just to start us off, the Flutter Roadmap for Beginners to Advanced. Now, this is a funny, this is an interesting topic because everyone has a different introduction to it. Everyone's got a different background. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like when someone asks this question, uh... They want a clear path, <laughs> you know. What I mean? Just <laughs> let me just knock these down. And just before I ask you, I, I always would answer this in a very basic way. Like I don't have a, I didn't have a better answer than to learn some basic programming first. That's mm. not related to Flutter. Just basic programming. Maybe you could use the Dart language, uh, and then just learn some basic front end with Flutter. And then just mm -hmm. learn some backend. Like maybe you depends on the backend solution that you need for your app. Sometimes you might need a local storage solution, or you might want to do it over the over the internet, right? So it kind of really uh, depends on where you come from. But I would say the very first thing to check is: Do you have programming experience or not? I feel like mm. a lot of the times, if you're trying to learn Flutter cold, you've never done programming before, and you're trying <laughs> to learn Flutter. I'm pretty sure it's possible, but you're, you're probably going to uh, get stuck here and there. And most likely, it's got nothing to do with Flutter, but more to do with programming. And I think the analogy I always think of is, if you don't know any math, then trying to study physics is going to be impossible, right? Like, it's the language underlying it. And so Dart is the language for Flutter. So spend some time to just learn some Dart programming first. And the kind of fundamentals, right? Like, just learn some variables, you know, the functions, classes and objects mm -hmm. and and kind of go from there. And just one last thing, I just want to, I'm already ranting, but one last thing I just wanted to say before I pass it on to you is, and I'm keen to get your opinion on this, but as a programmer or like software engineer or, you know, coder or whatever, it's okay to not know everything, right? You just need to know enough Sorry. to start building and it's mm -hmm. almost in the act of building that you end up learning and you have like a little toolkit that you have. And when you run into a problem, mm -hmm. then you start Googling different solutions and be like, oh, I didn't know that this syntax or like, I didn't know this solution was there. I didn't know you could do that. And then you start mm -hmm. adding things to your toolkit and that's how you kind of grow. And yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. You definitely want to have some basic coding knowledge to start further because if you don't, like a lot of the things are going to like slow you down really hard. Um, it's really interesting because uh, I've been teaching somebody how to code, like really? very specifically Flutter. Um, I have a friend who's currently working at um, um, as a UI UX designer uh, at AWS. And um, so I've been teaching her programming. Uh, and it's been, it's been very interesting because I've been like, I've been having to, thinking about like a lot of things that I have never like even thought about. Like for example, like an, an analogy would be like your kid. Like if if your kid asks you like, 
hey dad why is the sky blue oh and you'd be like oh I, i'm it's it's always been blue uh <laughs> but it's like <laughs> like i'm not really ready for this conversation you know, you know what i'm talking about but like a person asks you like oh why is there a semicolon here yeah but yeah. semicolon but not semicolon over there yeah i was like okay like i don't want to be wrong so let me just break it down for you and like like answer your question with a 50 page paper mm. but like that's not usually how you want to like teach per- teach programming mm. and that's how that's not how you want to learn programming is you don't you don't want to learn like all the fundamentals so you don't want to learn all the theories mm. that to progress usually you you, you kind of learn backwards like you you would you would sort of like um do something like this very high level let's say you start with python or whatever and it, you you try to make some sample app or some some program and you you might have followed some like tutorials you might have googled whatever um you probably don't understand what most of the stuff was like going on and working out uh, but but the stuff you made it worked out um, and that's like the motivation that you need to kind of get you moving forward and I feel like that's the most important part to make something that motivates you that, to make something that you like and the, all the other learnings will, will come like naturally um, that being said uh, for, for like a detailed roadmap um, for learning Flutter, first of all, you know, um, programming knowledge would help. I feel like Dart, the language that Flutter uses, is one of the least weird languages, I feel like. Because uh, it has, like, most of the basic things, right? It has, like, type generics, it has, like, lambda functions, it has, like, uh, like, inheritance. It doesn't have interfaces, but it has, like, many of the OOP things. Um, it, and, like, it, it's designed by... Um, many like uh, many of the designers of the um, the popular languages right now, like JavaScript, and Dart is very similar to JavaScript, which is also a good thing if you like the some some of the skills transfer really quickly. Um, so I feel like just l- having some basic coding knowledge is good, and then um, the next step I feel like like on your roadmap would be just making an app, and, like go just straight away because that that would be your target. Right. Uh, unless your target is getting a job, which at, in that case you will also be making an app, like at your work. So just making an app for yourself, I feel like that's a good thing to understand, like what the what the process is, you know, like, and what are the things that you need. Like you would you will learn most of the basic things in there, like uh, you know, like um, route transitions, like animations, basic widget displays, like pulling data from the internet, storing stuff locally, and, like, authentication, you will learn, like, a lot of things. I feel like that's a really, really good process just, you know, by making an app. And, and uh, uh, it's really interesting because, um, you know, you get asked this question a lot, Mitch, but, like, you run a YouTube channel, right, just on Flutter. So what do you think about, like, if you were to, like, put all your videos in an order let's mm. say you have like four hours yeah. worth of time of, of of a video yeah would you what would you like how would you like yeah make this no nah, good question um mm. the first the first thing i will say is yeah on my youtube channel if you if you guys don't know i make flutter tutorials and i've made mm. a, around a hundred videos now maybe like 150 wow. videos over like a couple or years or a few years and what's really interesting and what's really funny is i didn't know any of that stuff before i made it like when i started i mean obviously at some point everyone has to start new right like there there must have been a point where i didn't know anything about flutter and uh i like what you said about you were trying to teach uh, your colleague or your friend to code and I have this very interesting experience from before I did any code, which is when I was doing, uh, when I was just learning math in high school. And mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this last week, but I was really good at math. Like that's not, a, I mean, I'll say that humbly, but that's the only subject that I was very, very confident in and I enjoyed doing it. But it was only until after I graduated high school and I started teaching math that I really understood mm-hmm. understood it. You know, I look back at my high school, like, brain, and I'm like, I don't think I understood math at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so that's what I noticed, which is the best way. I think it's, like, Richard Feynman 
and they call it the Feynman technique or something. But basically, it's mm-hmm. the best way to learn is actually to teach someone else because I know a lot. Of, I talk to when you you know when we gather around and with different circles and you talk to a lot of smart people. Um, like for example, talking about like cryptocurrencies or something very complicated, and sometimes when you're too smart, you get caught up in jargon and explaining it only in the way you know it, and you can't, you're not able to like explain it simply. And I'm pretty sure like it's an Albert Einstein uh, saying, right? Like if you can't explain it simply, it means you don't understand it. And mm-hmm. for me, that's really important because first of all, I need to understand it, right? <laughs> when I look at a really mm, complex yeah. <laughs> YouTube or video or like a really complicated um, theory of, of any any field, it's like I need to like simplify it down for me. And so that's basically what I always try to do is to explain it simply as possible because what you mm-hmm. said also rings a bell, which is, you know, when you have to explain to a new coder, like what is a semicolon? You can get into the <laughs> rabbit hole of trying to explain the truth. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you want to explain the truth. You don't want to explain a lie, but... Yeah, you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to be wrong. But also, mm-hmm. it's it's also sometimes not helpful for like a new brain to know about so much of this knowledge. I don't know if you know, like, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Java, but Java, you know, when you look, make a Hello World program, I think Java... Mm-hmm is requires the most sort of boilerplate like boilerplate. to to just yeah. make a hello world world app and it's really interesting how people uh like at schools and universities that's always the first language people learn i think maybe nowadays it's more python but um yeah it's python nowadays yeah yeah but, but you know you, you, you're like public yeah. static void main it's like there's so many words in there <laughs> that like a new and i had this experience when i was first learning programming it's like i don't know what's going on and that's mm-hmm. what i was mentioning before which is to reduce that anxiety, it's actually okay to not know everything. Um, when I, mm. when I, when I teach like, like in, when I teach a new coder, they always get, I always, I can sense that they feel ang- anxiety because they don't know what every word on this screen means. And, mm. and another, I love analogies. Another analogy I love is to think about how you would learn any, anything, uh, like any other language. Like say, for example, when you're trying to learn English, can you imagine, like, no one knows every single word in the dictionary. No one does. <laughs> like, and, but that doesn't stop you from saying what you need to say and from writing what you need to write. And actually, you can write some really sophisticated stuff using just simple words, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where you should begin. It will be stupid and ridiculous for, you know, for us to expect like kindergarten or any young person to learn every word in the dictionary before they write a sentence. And so that's yeah, always I the totally an- agree. That's the analogy I always say to coders. It's like it's more important that you actually sit down and do the code and then it is to just um you know worry about all these unknowns. And just the last yeah, exactly. point last point I'll just kind of say before I, I hand it off to you. Um which is I don't know if you experienced this, but I feel like at this time I've obviously known more about programming than I have, you know, five years ago. But I feel like the more I know, the more I can recognize that I don't know things. You know what I mean? Like, the more I know, there's like, a, there's like an entire world and it's like, oh, I have to like learn this. It's like an entire, you know, you try to learn some backend and even backend, there's also like so many different branches and um, uh-huh. it just keeps going down and down. And it should, it should be comforting to know that I'm, I think a lot of people experience that, you know? Um, yeah, what do you mm. what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I feel like the, like I feel like the point you've made about like just um, beginners and how they should approach learning things like it's a very well made point. I I really like the analogy made um, about um, metaphor analogy uh, about um, about uh, language um, yeah. learners because uh, like obviously like you can probably tell I'm I'm not a native English speaker. I'm I'm from mainland China and. What's really interesting cause is that um, I learned English from... Okay, obviously I learned English from elementary school. But I, I feel like I've really learned English from watching uh, Steve Jobs' um, keynotes. Really? Because um, if, if, if you guys watch those keynotes, um, you, you realize that he uses... He used, like, very, very simple words. Yeah. And he, sl- he spoke really slowly. 
mm. like on on the on the stage. But his like his ways of marketing and his like impact is very is just very big. It, how mm. how he uses just basic words, and um, you're able to do that to sell um, a very sophisticated product, not by you know selling the specs or the the, yeah. the data. You just use very simple words. Um, and usually simpler is better. Mm, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I really appreciate you making uh, a YouTube channel for Flutter because um, I feel like the bigger the Flutter community is, the better the Flutter framework will be. Yeah. Because, you know, more people means more, uh, just more hands on the, on the actual tool so yeah. that more bugs will be spotted. More, like like more demand there will be like for, for the for the google team to actually see and and then like actually allocate people to, to be on the other team you know to be work on or to, to to work on more um i guess features for flutter yeah um so so i really appreciate you you're definitely contributing to flutter even you even though you're not on the flutter team i feel like you are definitely contributing to flutter just by having a, a pretty big flutter channel um yeah but yeah i i, I just want to like give my appreciation <laughs> um i <laughs> i feel like um it, it it could be a good segue to to our next topic which is um flutter 4 yes so previously we we saw um we we saw this uh this post on the flutter subreddit talking about flutter 4 um the the title was the title was uh, what do you expect from flutter 4.0 and then the first comment I actually saw was uh, breaking changes. <laughs> and I gave this a number because I thought it was funny because there will be breaking changes. Um, and that's what you can definitely for sure expect. But in terms of other features, uh, we could look back for um, as for like Flutter 1, Flutter 2, Flutter 3, like the major uh, version updates. If we look at those, like the changes between the versions, we'll see that um, Flutter 1.0 is when they made, you know, made Flutter to be stable, and Flutter 2 is when they introduced web as in part of the stable channel, um, and Flutter 3 is when they say, oh, desktops, desktop platforms are stable, um, and you see this trend. You see this trend of them just adding uh, platform support, and. I, I, I don't want to say the main Flutter framework, or I mean, the, for Flutter mobile. I don't want to say like for Flutter mobile development has been slowing down. Um, but I feel like the, the, the focus has been shifting to a, um, just trying to support more platforms. And I can't necessarily, I, I can't say that I'm the biggest fan for that. Um, I don't. <laughs> I think uh, we've like exchanged opinions on this, Mitch. But um, I think I think you also talked about some of uh, the Flutter is trying to, you know, expand on platforms, and that might not be the best thing. <laughs> you know, I think. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, you know, I I'm look. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know any of the minds of what people in the Flutter team are thinking. But my feeling is that it's for marketing. Like when they want to go, mm -hmm. when they want to, when they want to like be like, oh, we're on uh, Android, iOS, web, Mac, Linux, desktop. You know what I mean? Like it's like a great marketing. We are true <laughs> cross-platform. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. it's it's for. But when you, when you actually zoom into it and, and talk to people that use it, for me, the, what I want is, I don't, me personally, I don't, at this point, I don't really care too much about desktop support, like, or Mac support. Like, mm -hmm. I'm very happy with uh, the fact that it's really good on mobile, like Android, iOS. And if anything, I just want it to be pretty good on web. Like, I just wish, mm. like, um, this well, again, we talked about this last week, but just slow down, you know, slow down on the expanding to mm. other platforms. And the ones you, once we do have, we should make that quality experience better. Um, and I think that's what some people here, uh, you know, kind of talking about, uh, a lot of people talk of talking here about the native functionality, right? Like some camera support or they want like a native Bluetooth plugin. Um, yeah. is there, is there anything in your experience when you're making 
your apps. I don't know if you use native uh, functionality like the camera or anything, mm. but is there anything that's really holding you back? Whether that's on Flutter Web or, yeah. or Maple or anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, there, there's been... Uh, camera is definitely a big thing. Um, the app I was working on, uh, Rivals, has this component of a camera. Like you're, oh. you can like check in with a photo. And now, now the problem here was that um, there there is a Flutter camera plugin, but I wouldn't say it's really well made. It feels it feels like laggy. It feels kind of there, there's like delays mm. between operations, and there there lacks some like basic functionality, f basic functionalities in terms of um, like focusing, mm. uh, controlling, um, controlling like flash. Ooh. Like you have to build your own widget and then. You have to build like a lot of like ground ground just work, mm. just to have those basic functionalities. If you if you wanna um, if you wanna have a custom UI for the for the camera, uh, if you if you're okay with just calling the camera out, you know as a separate page, just using like the system camera page, and that's that that's okay. Like the system camera page is like well made, but if you ever want to have your own camera, like with your own page with like part of the screen being the mm. camera and have some like your own, own custom right. controls that could be a big hassle and um and yeah just does the current current status quo at least for the camera plugin isn't the greatest uh but i feel like that's kind of like the price you have to pay for using a cross-platform solution like flutter is that you, you will be lacking some native native support and touching on the desktop support you were talking about mm. mitch um, that um, you you were talking about how uh, you you want the web to be better and you you mostly don't care about um, flooded desktops for now. Um, I feel like uh, I was at that point until I I I saw you know growing support for for flooded desktop and I thought okay uh, I I wanted to make a desktop app so flooded desktop seems pretty good so I tried using flooded desktop. And it wasn't that good. <laughs> mm. There, there were some like major problems that are lacking that are not related to native functionalities. Like for example, I, I talked to you about this, but uh, a text editor, a rich text editor, right, yeah. is not existing for for Flutter in terms of official support. There are a bunch of like third party uh, text rich, rich text editors. Um, like I don't want to offend the plug or the the package maintainers <laughs> from down there. <laughs> I think they're doing a great job. I think they're they are like putting great effort. But I just want to say like I I just like let's put it this way like there 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 are problems <laughs> that that make that make the experience um, suboptimal mm. for the users. Um, there's some because like editing text is one of the biggest problems in computer science. Right. Yeah. Just how you have like thousand different ways to edit text, and you have like there's so many nuances mm, yeah. that users just take for granted, yeah. right? Like there's yeah, there's like there's so much stuff that user takes for granted, and if you don't have them, um, your your app would feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. There's so many things that we take for granted where it's like whether that's on the computer or like yeah, just when you're when you're like when you're selecting certain like. Yeah, there's so many things that I'm now. Now you say that that I'm like, yeah, there's so many things you're just taking for granted that you just. It's almost in like your muscle memory as a user, yeah. and so when you don't have it, you're like, wait, why? Nothing's uh -huh. not working. Like, <laughs> like, I can't drag this and copy and, and copy and paste. Um, but yeah, how? Wait, so how is that text editor the one that you were mentioning? Like, how is it? Okay, I, I yeah, I so I, I use different text editors. I, I tried. Uh, oh, Quill. that's what you're talking about. I yeah. tried. Um, yeah, uh, and then I tried. Uh, visual editor, I believe. So that so the guy forked Father Quill. By the way, there's a drama going <laughs> oh, on. Yeah, that's what um, <laughs> uh, pretty much what happened was that the the Quill for the Father Quill uh, uh, maintainer wasn't happy about how Father or how how visual editor um, was forked from Quill and getting attention, and then uh, that was that was kind of hilarious uh and then uh, because from the flutter quill um, licenses it was written that like you can like anybody can take my software and do whatever yeah, you want yeah. 
And that's kind of like one of the other topics for open source project. <laughs> but anyhow, um, there's that, <laughs> and then there uh, there was um, a super editor or super list, and there was like some other HTML editors. Like none of them really, none none of them are. I'll just have to say none of them are as good as one of those like one of those like web editors, one of those like open source web editors, or or one of those like already existing like Win32 uh, default system RTF editors that are provided by Microsoft. And that's kind of how you would probably, and anybody would probably expect the Flutter, you know, status quo would be is that it is still not mature yet. So, so yeah, I, I uh, for, for the viewers, um, we, we're really curious of what, what you guys think. So like, please comment out. Uh, and please comment on like what you think about or what you um, expect, what you what you wish there there would be in Flutter yeah. Four. Let us know, and so we can blast it, and then Flutter team can hear it. Because <laughs> um, uh, you know, just going back to what you're saying about desktop, making a desktop app, and then where do you download it from? Like the Windows App Store. Uh, yeah, Microsoft. Do people do that? Do people like? A, I, I haven't a, owned a Windows computer in a while, so I like. I know, obviously, on on like a MacBook, there's yeah. the Mac, like not the iPhone App Store, but there's like a Mac App Store, right? So on de on Windows, there's yeah. Windows App Store. Like, how is that? Like, how is the how is the Windows desktop app uh, community going? Like, is it a big community? Like, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely, because Windows has like pretty much all the desktop share or have the, yeah. the PC shares uh, out there. But I have to say, as a, as a Windows user for a very long time, um, I've been a Windows user probably when I was since I was young. I, I use um, XP and then Vista. <laughs> uh, Vista, I would say, wasn't as bad as what people thought. People I, yeah, I used all of that. I used um, yeah. <laughs> Windows seven, <laughs> Windows seven, Windows eight, Windows ten, Windows eleven. Uh, I I no longer use Windows uh, for the past like three or three mm. or four years, uh, but um, but I would say like the Windows ecosystem has been like really it's it's been a mess. It's been it's like unfortunate because um, there are just so many like um, providers f like software providers, so many like uh, pr publishers. They have like all different ways of mm. publishing their software. Uh, right now, Microsoft is trying to like standardize it through the right. Microsoft Store, but still, you would have to download it from um, the the like internet. It's not like I, I'm not sure. Have you used like Linux no, before? Like on Linux, you just say like, "Oh, app install Google Chrome, app install Firefox, apps." You just type stuff in the command line, and it has like a universal right. package manager. It's not the same for Windows. <laughs> I feel like that that's one of the things like Flutter could be working on, just to have like uh, a built-in mm. updater, like uh, uh, like your your app could be um, easily updated, um, and having like a clear way to release on, uh, just like like uh, on on the Microsoft right. Store. <laughs> I, I I see there's like wiki pages right now, but I don't think it's like easy yeah. enough compared to how easy Flutter it, it, itself is. Yeah, you know that. Just, just while we're talking about like Windows and and Mac, I just realized. I mean, I I thought of this before, but it just hit me again. Where if you want to make a Flutter app, you most likely need to get a Mac because you want to make an iPhone. It's like, don't you reckon? Like, it's it's, it's yeah. don't you reckon it's kind of impractical if you mm -hmm. have a pure Windows computer and you're making Flutter apps. And then just occasionally, I guess, grabbing someone's like, I mean, you can't even, t can you even test it on a real device if you connect an iPhone to a Windows computer? Can you do that? You, yeah, you can't, right? You yeah. Cannot, you cannot. Like, yeah, Apple so it, it almost you, necessitates, like, if you want to use Flutter, you have to use Mac. <laughs> that's, that's what Apple does, man. Like, Apple's just, like, they rope you in and, like, you have to, like, can't escape their, like, their vortex <laughs> But so you're wait you're you you're using a Windows though. Yeah. Oh, you are no, not, I'm not using, using a Mac. Windows. Yeah, what am I talking uh, about? Yeah. Well, the last time I, I, I think I stopped using Windows like mm. since high school. 
that's when I that's when I got uh, a Linux machine and I started right. using Linux. And then after that, I thought you know like there's some like necess- there's some necessity like things that I want on Linux that doesn't really exist, and also the trackpad sucks. Uh, so that's when I I I started using Macs more. Uh, but but talking like going back to the the uh, go, going back to where you said about how you have to use a Mac yeah. for flutter development um there there are definitely ways like you can develop like a full you know full suite of flutter apps like iOS windows or iOS android like without having a mac um one way is that you can rent a mac mm. on cloud oh, right. there are services where you can like rent a mac by hours um i wouldn't say that's ideal the other way is just not debug on mac and simply to hope for the best and have a CI yeah, yeah. job to to build for you, like yeah. have like code magic, but that's all yeah. also like not practical. So you probably definitely like there's have. there's a lot of little things <laughs> I noticed because I have an Android phone and an iPhone next to me to like test the apps on both, and sometimes mm-hmm. uh, there will be situations where even like when you're making an app bar and you make a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing else was specified, but on Android, it wouldn't be centered, whereas on iPhone, it would be centered. And there's like this little, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's just one little example of, you probably uh, do want to test it out. Like, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I can't, I, can't, I, w- I yeah. would, for me personally, I would go crazy if I can't ever test on on my iPhone. <laughs> and I just like, hope for the best. <laughs> and at the end, I'll just give it a quick test. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's also like so many issues like regarding like CocoaPod, mm. like um, pod dependencies. Like for, on Android, then there's like some Android problems. You also want to like even you're working on a Mac, you want to also like test for Android just as you develop, right? Um, I, I'm not sure if you ever like encountered like just random issues with like Xcode. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Um, just. Yeah, just like some weird issues you have to end up looking like yeah, yeah. Stack Overflow. Yeah, I know. I run into that like every now and then. <laughs> it's like I have to like go full go into yeah. Xcode and I have to like, okay, let me go like look up this stuff and f- configure some things around. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. just, just Stack- I just want to... No, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was just, just going to say like how um like how Flutter is like a completely like, complete vacuum. Like it, it, it just like you know, extracts, like, itself from, like, the entire native side. So you, like, like, when Flutter fails to help you, like, to, to, to take care of the na- native problems, um, you have to, like, you know, dip your, dip your feet dirty just to have to yeah. just figure them out your, <laughs> for yourself. Can I ask you something, like, this is just a random fear I just had, and I don't know if this is a real question, but if Flutter gets really popular, um, mm-hmm. and then a lot of people are making iPhone apps through Flutter instead of just going traditional Swift route, mm-hmm. does Apple have the power to just be like, no, no more Flutter? Like, just cut Apple. it off. Can they do that? <laughs> I mean, they. Oh, yeah, yeah Apple- that's the question, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. What do you yeah. think? It, it's really interesting because um, I saw this question from the Chinese Flutter community before. Okay. And and yes, f- Apple definitely has the power, and it would be pretty easy to do because the like all the Flutter apps have like the same footprint. Mm. Um, but they don't have like the reason to do that. Um, mo- mm. mostly, mostly because, um, mostly because like uh, Flutter developers aren't really. Threat threatening the Apple ecosystem, at least not yet. Um, because uh, the number one reason is that Flutter doesn't have code push, so mm. they're like a Flutter, you know, an app developed by Flutter or you know, developed with Flutter, um, is almost like an app, you know, developed with native technologies because right. uh, you still have to recompile your app, and then you know, like your your app won't just change, right? Like if Let's say like you submitted a super child friendly app on the app store, and then suddenly you just like turn on one switch, and your app just totally changes, and then you you can like just change your app to whatever like you you like. Then I would say probably Apple would take actions. 
That's why yeah. Apple stopped like、um, accepting those、um, those just pure web apps, like apps with just a web view, like those like Apache Cordova、right. apps. Yeah. <laughs>、mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If like、huh. if any if there's any worry, I would worry about React Native apps rather than Flutter apps because of CodePush. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just. The, I just obviously you were saying、um, how there's no Apple has no reason to just cut cut Flutter people、mm-hmm. off or cut the cut the Flutter tech off.、Um, uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. Because and even if you want to make a Flutter develop Flutter app and you are want to make an iPhone, app, you still have to pay that fee. You know that membership, like yeah, I don't know what it's called, but like just to make a just to publish an app on Apple, you have to have that developer、uh-huh. program. It's like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean they're not they're still making money from it and stuff, so they should support it, right? Like, they don't have a yeah, big reason to be like, nah, you have to use Swift, like, nah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's you know that because、yeah, that's that what be that's kind of, kind of what people sometimes worry about. Like, this was a worry on the Apple end, cutting it off. But like sometimes people worry about when I say I'm doing Flutter, they always say, oh, you know, Google, don't you know, like Google, like kills a lot of small、oh. projects and stuff like that, and.、Um, Yeah, that always that that question is always, you know, out there. So, what do you think of that? I I feel like,、mm, uh, yeah, Google is known for like, just you know, not finishing their projects.、Uh, but I feel like Flutter Flutter now is kind of too big to be abandoned,、um, mm. and I feel pretty safe about that.、Uh, and and I thought about how, because I was gonna say that that、uh, how、uh, Flutter is like a complete. Different layer of、mm. let's say like let's let's just say this let's say、uh, if you're an Objective C programmer and then suddenly let's just let's just say like this is impossible but let's just say Apple banned Objective C like you 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 can't use Objective C anymore well now now your code like you don't lose all your work right like your work is still preserved、um, like it, it's compiled like it's Like you can, you can easily have that to be in Swift, and they, they're interoperable.、Uh, but if you use Flutter, and then now the Flutter technology, let's say the the Flutter, just you know the Flutter codebase magically disappeared, and now all your all your work is gone.、Mm. <laughs> like you can't convert your work easily to another another technology. You're you're so you're sort of like vendor locked. Yeah. And I mean, all, <laughs> But, no, no, go ahead, keep going. Oh, sorry, but but I was gonna say like that. That's not a concern. Like that's not not a real concern. <laughs> and also, Flutter is just open source, so it's like、mm. there's no there's no worry in that.、So、even if they do decide, like, I think I read someone's、uh, point on Reddit about this, where even if Google decides to not to no longer support Flutter, it's like gotten so big, and it's open source to a point where.、Uh, You'll easily be able to, if worst case scenario, you need to like migrate out of it, or like、mm-hmm. just to have that main maintenance of support.、Um, uh-huh. This is kind of this is kind of like kind of off topic, but it just kind of related about like、mm-hmm. you know when they develop games, and、mm-hmm. one game that me and David used to play a lot is StarCraft Two, and StarCraft Two、mm-hmm. <laughs> is a game where Blizzard, the company, would support it a lot, a lot, and you know. Balance patch, balance. Put a lot of effort into it, and now they don't support it anymore. But just that kind of, just that kind of like, and it's it's not it's in a place where it can just run on its own kind of、mm-hmm. situation, right? And so hopefully,、yeah. like, it's not a big concern when someone says, "Oh, like you know, Google just kills all these projects," and they do kill a lot of small projects. But I think Flutter, hopefully, is you know immune to that <laughs> situation, right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please put my mind at ease. Put my mind at ease. <laughs> hopefully, 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 guys. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, this is a totally random topic.、Yeah. I, 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 I didn't even thought of this when I when I made this agenda with you, Binge. But, um, but do you know the subreddit called M Android Dev? Android Dev. But it's, there's a lowercase M before that. So no, I don't. M Android, but, no. Yeah, you should totally check it out, Mitch. But it's like, it's like, it's like a joke community for、uh, for Android devs. 
but it's like, so they mostly just joke about three topics. The first topic is how Google deprecates a lot of a lot of APIs, okay. and the second topic is Flutter. They joke about Flutter a lot, and the third topic is Jetpack Compose. <laughs> you should totally check out this subreddit because I browse this subreddit a lot, and it's really funny how because um, it's all like it's all Android devs in the subreddit. It's called <laughs> M Android Dev. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and um, it, they they like I, I feel like they they flame on Flutter, but they don't really flame it hard. They because they uh, it, it's really funny how they. Because they they flame themselves as well, <laughs> and and yeah, like what yeah, what is the M what's, what's the M stand for at the front? Like maybe meme. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't okay. know. All I have right. no idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that was that was funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know, like a it's like a meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> yeah. One post was like added in API level nineteen, deprecated in API level twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like an API text uh, auto sizing, and this has been deprecated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I feel like Flutter has been pretty good in terms of like API deprecations because no safety was a big jump. But after that, I, yeah. I remember there was only one major deprecation that was um, the, the 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 buttons. They made a whole different suite of buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a deprecation thing. But I, I do feel like, because um, the, the new, you know, the new buttons, like the text button, outline button, and race button, I forgot what's the race button or whatever, um, they, they are, their APIs are a little bit more verbose, um, a, little, a little bit more wordy. Um, you have to do like if you were to do just the button thing, you have to do like material state, and then do that whole shebang. Uh, but I do feel like you can like write your own boilerplate and just to simplify and to to extract some basic code from there, and you yeah. can make your code look pretty elegant. Right. But yeah. Sorry, that was totally random. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's all it, no, it's all part of it. Um, and just uh, to kind of want, we can like... <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, sorry, keep going. Oh, just, I was just gonna say. Oh no, no, no go ahead, because I, I was just gonna segue to our next <laughs> topic. Oh, yeah, no, like, yeah, we'll segue. And just before we segue, I just wanted to finish off that point about uh, the popularity of Flutter. I guess um, mm-hmm. if you look at for anyone that's interested, when you go to Google and you can look up the trend search, the trends of what people search, and I looked up Flutter, and it's it's going. It's almost like exponential, you know, the interest. And especially mm. beginning of this year, it's always been steadily increasing for the past few years. But this year, I don't know what happened. And I was asking David, like, what happened at this particular <laughs> point in time? Like, why is it such a big oh, thing? Yeah. <laughs> and, same, and it was before Flutter 3 came out. And so I was like, okay. And same thing for my own, like, YouTube channel. Like, I'm sure the quality of my videos and my consistency has gone up. But beyond that... I feel like just the interest in general interest in Flutter has gone up. And so my graph mm. correlates exactly to the trend search graph on Google. Like that's very um, interesting. It is very interesting. And I've, I've noticed more people in my real life, uh, that like that mention Flutter and that was not the case mm-hmm. before, you know, like I have to go to the mm-hmm. internet and find my little community of Flutter boys, you know, like <laughs> my little Flutter community, <laughs> you know, Flutter girls and boys <laughs> gather around, but, um, yeah. Nowadays, I see more and more people just in my real life that are just like young people that are, you know, engineers or whatever that they they still have their own companies and doing their, you know, old tech stack and stuff. But they continually have the mindset that, you know, you and I share, which is um, to just start doing Flutter. And I just, it's just amazing. It's almost surreal to me. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're here for this. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a wave, you know, we're about to ride yeah. this wave. And what I say about waves, by the way, you know, when you think about like uh, surfing, I don't know if you've ever surfed before, but, or like even when you're at the beach and you know when a wave comes, you have to start paddling now. If the wave comes and then you start paddling, it's too late. The wave will is past you, you know? And that's it's, a good metaphor. Yeah. And so you have to start paddling now. And that's what I was mentioning before about people that ask me, like, are there. Um, 
are there a lot of jobs in Flutter? Which is a completely valid question, by the way. So I'm not shitting on that, but like, um, <laughs> it, it, but it does give me the mindset of you're not a early bird. Like you're not an early adopter. You're like in part of the majority. Mm-hmm. And by the, by the time you're part of the majority, it would be so common that like people will be probably graduating and it's like, you have to compete with all these young kids that already know this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. you got to start, you got to start paddling now. And then once the wave hits, then we can just ride the wave. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been preaching to my people. Like even in real life, just to encourage them. It just makes me so happy. And yeah. you know, that's the other thing, like, cause obviously I make a lot of YouTube videos uh, about flutter tutorials and stuff. And I, I can tell that I really like flutter because when I see another Flutter dev or a Flutter YouTube channel um, that's really good and useful, I'm happy for it because I know it's going to grow the overall pie. If I didn't have that mindset yeah. and I was like more competitive and like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care about Flutter, I just care about my own success, then I would be competitive if there was another Flutter YouTuber, and, you know, making tutorials. I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, dislike all their stuff, you know. But no, it's not like that at all. Like, <laughs> anyone that says Flutter, I'm like... It's all positive. Like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Because then it just grows the overall pie for everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's better to, it's, it's like better for everyone. Um, yeah, what's our, what's our next I was gonna, topic? Yeah, yeah, no, mm, go I was ahead. gonna, oh, sorry. I was gonna say like, because uh, uh, we, we uh, prepared some topics and it doesn't seem like we have enough time to get through all of them. Oh my so God, it's thinking, 48 like, what, what, minutes. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking of what's a good topic to talk about next. And I feel like uh, we can talk about local storage. And I feel yeah. like that's a really educational topic mm, because I feel like um, I feel like I, I really want to share my experience and do want to hear like your experience with um, Hive. So I'll kick off with my experience. Yes, please. Um, so I've been using Hive a lot and I really like Hive. Um, I, I feel like for me, it's just a simple enough solution for a local store. Yeah. And um, other than Hive, I've used Object Box. I'm not sure if you guys heard about Object Box. Also, I'm not sure if you guys heard about Hive. So pretty much what Hive is, is that it's a NoSQL um, object-based do- or document-based local storage storage solution for Flutter that's available on all platforms, including web. Yeah. And... Um, on web, it uses the browser um, storage thing. And on all the other platforms, it would store a, a file. So it's like a single file storage. And um, each object, like in, in your code, each object, you can you can tag it to, to say that, okay, this object is a Hive object. And now, and now your own object, like whatever your own custom object, can be stored in your Hive databases. Um, and it's really cool that you can just use your own data structure and, and then preserve it and then get it back. Mm. Um, uh, however, one downside is that uh, I have to say, like, migration isn't the smoothest for me because um, ever since the introduction of null safety, when you have mm. an object, uh, when you have, like, an object with some fields, right, and then you want to have another field in that object that is, like, that is not nullable. So it has to have, it has to not be null. And that's when there there could be like migration issues, and yeah. Hive is not the best like in catching those. Um, and sometimes you don't want to have you, you don't want to like add all the null checks, right? Because like you're yeah. you're you're sure that this object will not be null, <laughs> but it might be null in the previous versions of the app. <laughs> yeah. And that's like that's like the biggest pain. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I haven't <laughs> I haven't stumbled upon the best solution around that. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I feel like Hive is very, it, it's fast enough. It's fast enough, and um, and I've used Object Box uh, later on. Object Box has like more uh, querying um, abilities. Uh, you can like query by stuff, and I could even have in- index index or indices. <laughs> um, and I saw a benchmark. Um, it, it's like uh, done by somebody, um, and it's posted on GitHub. That the guy compared a Hive object box and a new database that's by the same author of Hive. It's called Isar. I, I don't know how, how to pronounce it. I S A R, and it, it it sort of adds like more querying functionalities. And appear, apparently, uh, the results are 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 the followings. So Hive 
is mediocre in speed, um, and it's not the fastest. And uh, and the problem with Hive is that the get operations, so the read operations, are not async. So, so it could be blocking the UI. Um, so ISR, on the other hand, uh, has async read operations. It's it's slightly faster than Hive. It's like it's like thirty percent or twenty to thirty percent faster than Hive. Um, and and then you get object box that is widely faster. Like um, it's like almost three times as fast as Hive. With that being said. I've never run into any like performance issues with Hive, and I feel like Hive just been treating me very well. And yeah, that's that's my experience. So I've been rambling a lot. <laughs> what do you think? Wait, so have you? Did you use Object Box? Yeah, I've used Ob- Object Box in a very small app, and uh, right. it's mostly I, I need it? the query. Um, it, it's been it's been very it, it's it's working really well. I would say it's pretty good. <laughs> Right. So, like, compared to compared, compared to Hive, Hive mm-hmm. I, I, I can see like... here that I can see I can see here the times are a lot less compared to Hive. Yeah, it's a good thing. What <laughs> what's what's the what's the down what's the downside of Object Box compared to Hive? Uh, there's none on the top of my head. Right. So I should be using Object Box. Uh, I don't know yet because I don't know how well Object Box supports web. But I do know that oh. Hive working on web is working pretty well. Like Hive is like really good plugin and use option. And even yeah. though it, it's like even though it's like not the newest, it still works the best. Um I feel like just in terms of my personal experience. Right. Uh, yeah, it does been... have mm-hmm. Yeah, it does have like the issue of migration um that I mentioned. But migration is like an issue for every single database, right? It's not like a Hive issue. But um Another issue, though, that's the second issue I had with, with Hive, was mm. uh, was sort of related to migration. But it's like the issue of deleting the database, and my, mm. from my experience, deleting the database doesn't work on all platforms on, on web. But deleting the database uh, didn't work for some reason, and I had to write some like platform code. Like I have to write some JavaScript code, which is like three lines of code, but like um. But I could say that I wrote some JavaScript code <laughs> just to delete the database. It's like a very simple API to say like oh local store dot clear and then uh, mm. but but I have to like say oh um like from Dart to call the JavaScript function just on web. Um but yeah that's that's the only other downside. Um uh, but yeah, Hive has been working really well. For me. Yeah, from the from the experience I've had, I've just I just love Hive. It's just <laughs> so seamless. It just works and um, oh, can I ask you about your uh, David's app, which is Rivals, which I think is a great idea because I, I was um, trying to make a habit tracker as well, but you're making a habit forming, but social connection so that it yeah, holds sorry. you accountable, right? So how does, how does that work on your app? Because I imagine with Hive, it's obviously for local storage. How do you, mm. do you, are you in your Rivals app, are you actually using some other uh, online database as well to connect between yeah, uh, uh, two users? Um, yes, there's there's an online database. There's a PostSQL, uh, PostgreSQL um, database um, on, on the back end. But um, obviously, like, you, you, you want to like, cache the data, right, just, to, for, just for faster loads. Uh, so for locally, I have just hired for caching. And it, it's interesting how, you know, the project has to move quickly. You want to add features and stuff, uh, and there are so mm. many different types of data just flowing around. For example, there's the user, there's user, there's post, there's comment, and aside from that, there's like the challenge. That's like the, the rivals thing. There's like a challenge that users could do, and in the challenges, uh, in the challenge, um, users could create parties. So that's a different object. And in the parties, there's like a chat. There's there's so many things, <laughs> uh, and like how you want to like keep, you know, your data consistent from from um, from server to client, and the way we end up doing it was I so this this way was um, or this architecture was created by my friend who started this project, um, and his his way of doing it is that he vaguely uses the block 
architecture where you know there's like a there's an there's an object that emits events and UI elements can listen to the events. So this block uh, business log business logic um, like I, I, component. Yeah, that's I think that's like the full name. Um, this architecture, but for every block, um, there's a hive object. There's a hive object tied to it, and then mm. what the app would do is that the app would you know fetch the data, and then it will it will persist the data into Hive, and then every time when the app needs a piece of data, it will always tries to to read it from Hive, and it will like load the data. It will load like maybe an outdated piece of data, and then the async data will be on the way, and then as soon as the async mm. data arrives. It, it will it will replace you know the local stored piece of data, mm. and then the best part of this is that um, we we keep we keep the online version of the, the database and the local storage, um, you know the the data structure of it to be very consistent. And then when we when we move when we like when we migrate when we add in new features, we try to like maintain this model so that. Um, we have like less overhead, so we always understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Hive has been really good at keeping the consistency. Like it, it's able to keep up with the server. It's able to like just keep the same data structure that you have less overhead. You get, it gives you like a really good developer experience. And that's what's been going on with with rivals. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Side. So how many? I mean, I don't know. You can just share as much as you know, you're comfortable sharing, mm-hmm. but like how many users are using it right now? Yeah, currently Is- uh, we had around, I don't remember the numbers, but like... Uh, but I you have real we, people using it. Yeah, uh, we had around like 300, I don't know, like a really low number of downloads. Um, that's that's a lot. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but we we really like seek to... Like just because um, we just started, we just started our first like um, campaign of um, of like um, ads um, right. on Instagram. <clears throat> Ooh. And I have to say, like uh, mobile apps, like apps uh, or ads for mobile apps are are difficult, you know, to sell. Yeah, I feel like that's like a completely new mm. area for me. Like I have yeah. no experience. In. And the other thing and, about like I've. Oh, <laughs> oh no no sorry i was just gonna i was gonna i was gonna quickly mention um i think the the stat of people downloading a new app even though i mean mm-hmm. i'm i'm an app developer so i don't like this stat but like it's a true stat which is people download zero new apps like a year or whatever mm-hmm. the stat is it's so hard to get someone <laughs> to download an app you know yeah. um even for me i'm a bit like i'm very restrictive on that if i see a if I, if someone telling me to download an app i'm like very hesitant. Like, if I can, if I can, <laughs> if, like I can if I can, sort it out through the web, let me just do it through the web. I don't want to have to um, download the <laughs> app. But like, uh, yeah, that is, you're right. That is another whole world. Like that, you got an app, and then um, to to market the app, kind of thing. Which is why, yeah. which is why we have this, and also on what I've noticed in my own sort of internet stuff is when someone follows you they already have your, like, they're already through the door. You know what I mean? They already know who you are. Mm. Whereas when you have to, when you do a paid ad, which there is a place for paid ads as well, but mm-hmm. it's like, there's more convincing to do, you know, it's like a complete, like, and it's also, it's in the middle of someone living their life. And then it's mm-hmm. what I call interruption marketing, where it's like, you have to interrupt their day and be like, Oh, this is an ad, <laughs> that, that, that is good. Um, whereas, you know, and, you know, there is a place for uh, those kind of ads. I think, I think nowadays a good place is, and I, and with the, with me saying this, I want to help get the Rivals app out there, which is, this is basically your way of exposing, you know, getting that exposure out there. Um, <laughs> and from like a lot of trusted people as well. So that's, that's, that's what I like about it. And when you said 300 people downloaded it, you said that's not a lot for me. When I hear that, I'm like, the, even even a one real person downloading it, you know, like ten or hundred people downloading, that, I, I consider that a lot because it's hard to get someone to download your app. Like I said, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, Good job. Yeah, uh, some of the, 
<laughs> Thank you. Some of the initial numbers were like family and friends, and they downloaded it for the sake of like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I really appreciate it um, that there are like some users who like found our app just on the app store like randomly. Wow. Um, uh, I respect them because I I don't really browse the app store myself, and they yeah. they just like browse the app store. I, I don't know like who browses the app store. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess there are people who browse the app store. Um, but yeah, I um, it, I kind of um, we've been like talking for a long time. I kind of want to end on a note that Mitch found. Um, was that um, so Mitch just told me this idea before the podcast, and it was about um, uh, so Kevin Kelly. You, Mitch, you want to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. We'll just finish off on this point, um, just to give people mm-hmm. some motivation, I guess. Uh, yeah, we've been talking already for one hour and three minutes. All right, we'll finish on this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's heard of this article. It's called 1,000 True Fans by Kevin Kelly. I haven't actually read the article itself, but I've just like heard mm-hmm. Kevin Kelly talking about this idea a lot. And mm-hmm. essentially, what it's about is to make a living. I think a lot of, especially young people and uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people in general nowadays, they want to be independent. Like they want that freedom, Mm -hmm. whether that's economic freedom or, or freedom from time. A lot of us, we don't, we don't have that freedom because you have to, you know, work and get a job and nine to five, et cetera, that whole grind. And so there's always like on the back of our minds, you want to create something to, somehow escape out of this rat race, right? And so I think that's mm. when I think of people that use Flutter, obviously big companies can use Flutter as well. But for me, I think Flutter is the spirit of the independent creator, whether that's just one mm. person or two to five, you know, like a small team, right? Um, to get something off the ground and, you know, make a living. And so what this Thousand mm. True Fans is about is... Uh, we get kind of caught up looking at numbers on YouTube and numbers on the internet with all these millions and billions that you think like, oh, I have to get a million <laughs> downloads or I have to get a million views to to make a living. And so that mm-hmm. creates a bit of procrastination and kind of distance between like, oh, I don't think I can ever get there kind of, kind of feeling. <laughs> and so w- what I really like about what Kevin Kelly said about this thousand true fans is it simplifies the math down. And it's just an exercise of math, which is if you have a... Uh, true fan which the only reason this is possible by the way is because the inter- of the internet and also now the internet mm-hmm. has matured so that uh, you can have a direct connection with the customer right or your user it's like you don't have to like go through so many channels like we did before and so if you just have a thousand true friends that will just really love what you do um, and in one year if you make a hundred dollars worth of goods then hundred times a thousand is hundred thousand dollars and of a salary and that's a living. And what, what I really like about this is instead of trying to go for that far goal of trying to satisfy and please a million people, if you just focus really hard on getting 1000 people to love you, then those thousand people will then tell their friends and you know, that's Mm -hmm. exponential growth. And I really, Mm. uh, I really, really like this idea. And so yeah, for anyone listening and when they're like kind of thinking about, uh, you know, creating something, whether it's with Flutter or just in general, being an independent creator. I think that's the trend that uh, that we see. And I see a lot more people that are able to just sustain their life by themselves through the internet. I mean, you even think about uh, someone like Joe Rogan, the biggest podcaster on, on the planet. Mm-hmm. In his team, there's probably like, you know what I mean? Like less than five people, for sure. Like it's just him <laughs> and a producer and that's basically it. And before, you would need like a full TV station, full this. And that's with any creative endeavor. Like uh, if you're selling a book, you know, you, traditionally you have to go through so many channels and you know, you have like such a long, like distant relationship with the customer that you don't even have a relationship with them. But now you can just, you know, have an email, uh, exactly. et cetera, mm-hmm. you know, social media, whatever, and you can connect with them directly. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I really like this idea and I've been preaching it. I've been on the rooftop just yelling it out to people. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you find that interesting, anyone, you should go check out this Thousand True Fans article. I love it. Yeah, I really like that. I, I feel like that message is really important to me. It really speaks to me. I feel like, you know, we started this podcast. It's like so easy to start a podcast. We literally we literally just start talking. Yeah. And and. The technology has like enabled us to do so because like people has already 
people have already built the wheels for us. Yeah, that's yeah. the same for Flutter. Like it used to be so hard mm. to get a website online. It's, you have to figure out like so much stuff to like to get a website online. Nowadays, like to to make a mobile app, you, you, like Flutter is just so much easier mm. than like you know ten years ago. Mm. If you were to like create a mobile app, you get so limited resources and uh, you have to learn like very um, low level coding skills. Mm. Um, but nowadays, you have Flutter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the best time to to start you know pursuing something that that you you want to do yeah or creating something you you've been wanting to create 100 percent. and yeah yeah i mean look this is a rabbit hole in and of itself i'm just like if we keep talking about this i'm just gonna start talking for hours so we're just gonna <laughs> um yeah we'll just, we'll just leave it at that but yeah just to, i guess we'll finish off with that metaphor you know i can feel you just look at the graph on the trend search on flutter there's a wave coming and you should start paddling now if you're interested in it. You know, um, we should take this opportunity. And so, yeah, I think if anyone's interested, they should definitely check out that article. And yeah, this hour went by quick again, dude. Having yeah, having too much yeah. fun. So, yeah, we'll just leave it at this. So, anyone, if you have any questions, let us know below. But other than that, oh yeah, one last thing, David. Actually, we put our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. so exciting. So you, you should you should be able to on. you should be able you should be able to find it on any any platform. So, yeah, links yeah. are below in the descriptions. Yeah, we were on Spotify, Apple Music, or sorry, a- Apple Podcasts. We're also on like we're also on, we're also on TikTok. I can't yeah. I can I can't believe that. Yeah. Now now I can say I'm a professional TikToker. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm uh, pushing it out on. But all yeah, platforms. thank you guys for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks guys for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week. Laters. Yep. See ya. See ya. Peace.